talking about debt today, specifically how good it is to get an old debt paid off. I couldn't help but sing all week long, he paid a debt he did not owe. I owed a debt I could not pay. You know that song. We rejoice today in the goodness of God which has allowed us to eliminate our past debt. And while we are no longer in debt to the bank, I need to let you know that we still have a debt to pay, every one of us. Yes, we are still in debt. Because the first chapter of Paul's book to the Romans, he had not met the Romans, he had not seen them, but he said this in the first chapter of Romans. Now, I do not want you to be unaware, brethren, that I often planned to come to you, but I was hindered until now. Life happens to all of us that I might have some fruit among you also, just as among the other Gentiles. He's talking about seeing some spiritual fruit in them, and he speaks of himself then like this. He says, for, verse 14 of this first chapter of Romans, he says, I am a debtor both to Greeks and to barbarians, both to wise and to unwise. I'm a debtor to those who have not heard the gospel. I am in debt to those who need to be discipled. I have a responsibility to those who need to be brought up in the faith. Verse 15, so as much as is in me, I am ready to preach the gospel to you who are in Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, the Jew first and also for the Greek. Bethesda, we still have a debt to pay. Speaking to the Romans, the Apostle Paul makes this statement that he must pay a gospel debt to all Gentiles. He uses two phrases to describe the entire Gentile population to the world. First, he calls them Greeks and non-Greeks. He means those who were under the Greco-Roman culture and those outside of it. In other words, he means everyone deserves to hear the gospel. Then he talks about the wise and the foolish. That means those who have some smarts and those who do not. He includes everyone who needs to hear the gospel. Paul sees himself as a man who cannot rest until every gospel sent is paid to every Gentile creditor. Here's what is important to understand about Paul's position. He believed that his debt is to God, but the payment is to men. Bethesda, we are in the exact same situation. Our debt is to God, but our payment is to our community. Our debt is to God, but our payment is to whosoever will may come and drink of the fountain of life freely. Our debt is to God, but our payment is to the hundreds of people who enter our doors every week, though their country of origin may be Myanmar, Malaysia, Mexico, Puerto Rico, Honduras, El Salvador, Panama, Colombia, Peru, Ecuador, Brazil, Argentina, Dominican Republic, Belize, Guatemala, Venezuela, Rwanda, Burundi, and the Democratic Republic of Congo. Yes, we have all of those here on any given Sunday. Our debt is to God, but our payment is to them. Our debt is to God, but our payment is to hundreds of children who fill our halls and classrooms and playgrounds and athletic fields Monday through Friday every week of the school year. The great 19th century missionary to China, Hudson Taylor, realized this very thing I'm telling you. As was seen when it was suggested by someone that he had given his life to the Orient because he loved the Chinese. 
To this he shook his head and he answered thoughtfully, No, it was not because I loved the Chinese, but it's because I loved God. Our debt is to God, but our payment is to man. What a freshness would come to our motivation if we saw ourselves as great debtors to our neighbors, to our community, to our city, to the rich as well as the poor. How would it change our lives? How would it change our behavior if, like Paul, we saw ourselves as debtors to those around us who need to hear the gospel? And I love the way Paul speaks of the gospel of Jesus, the good news. He boldly declares he is not ashamed of it. And why? It's because it is God's power to save people. And all who are glad about it ought to shout hallelujah this morning. But why does Paul say that he's not ashamed of the gospel? We might understand that more easily today because we live in a society where the gospel is often mocked or sneered at or dismissed in every form of media and communication that we have. Many Christians assume that they had better keep their faith a secret, which of course is exactly what is wanted by the enemy of our soul and by the secular world which is around us. But Paul's challenge was different than ours. His world was dominated, and the Roman church in particular was dominated by a culture focused on one city and one man. Caesar claimed to rule the world. God's gospel claimed that Jesus did. And so what was a Christian supposed to do? Practice their faith in private in case it offended someone? Certainly not. And I'm guessing that Paul may have remembered the words of the psalmist in Psalm 119, which says, I will speak of your decrees before kings, and I shall not be ashamed. Therefore, that's what he intended to do. And let's remember that Paul himself wrote, At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And that included Caesar. Regardless whether it was the issues of the Roman church that they were facing in Paul's day or the issue the Church of America faces in 2021, the fact remains that every believer has a gospel debt to pay to those around them. And as believers, we must always adopt the position which says, and I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul lets us know why he is not ashamed. Because it's the power of God. In an earlier verse, Paul has already spoken of God's power raising Jesus from the dead, demonstrating that he really was and is God's son. And now he's speaking of power again. But it's a power which goes on working wherever people like Paul or anyone today with the same commission is willing to declare that Jesus Christ is Lord. And I'm here to remind all of us today, there is power in the name of Jesus. And I join my voice this morning with those who have also declared, may the Lamb of God receive the full reward of his suffering. May the Lamb of God receive the full reward of his suffering. May the Lamb of God receive the full reward of his suffering. Paul had discovered through years of actually doing it, that when you announce Jesus as the crucified and risen Lord of this world, something happens. And it's this. 
We saw it in the baptismal tank today. The new world which was born when Jesus died and rose again comes to fresh life in the hearts and the minds and the lifestyles of those who will believe in his name. And what is the result? The result is salvation. They are born again. They enter the kingdom of God. Salvation becomes a present reality as well as a future hope. Hallelujah. That's why, church, hear me today, we can say we were saved We are being saved, and we will be saved. And this salvation is for whosoever will that will believe. May the Lamb of God receive the full reward of his suffering. And that full reward is for sinners to repent of their sin, turn their lives over to Christ, and allow him to become the Lord of their life. And that may be you today, whether you're sitting in this room or watching online, You may think, I'm too far from God to be saved. I can't possibly be saved. That's not true. Christ will take you right where you are today, and he will change your life just like he's changed the life of hundreds of people on this campus. You may say, Pastor, you don't know what I've done, to which I will say, and you don't know what I've done, but I have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, and I'm on my way to heaven. If there is anyone in the house today who has never experienced this salvation, I want to make it clear to you, you can walk out of here today a brand new person in Christ Jesus, and yes, it is as simple as A, B, C. A, admit you've sinned and done that which is displeasing in the sight of God, then repent of that sin. Ask him to forgive you for it. B, believe in your heart that Christ came to earth, was crucified to pay the debt for your sin, and rose again to allow you to spend all eternity with him. And then C, confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, which means that on this day you're putting Jesus in charge of your life. If there's anybody ready to make that decision today, please see any of the pastors after service today. To the rest of us, just like the Apostle Paul, We are debtors to all men. He would have said Greeks and barbarians, wise and unwise. We say educated and uneducated. No matter the color of their skin, red, yellow, black, or white, we are debtors to all people. And on this day when we celebrate the incredible expression of the lavish grace of God upon this church, it should serve as an encouragement to every one of us to fortify our testimony, to increase our faith to be witnesses, and to always be ready to stand up and say that we are not ashamed of the power of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. And when you believe, you will have everlasting life. Hallelujah. Put your hands together and bless the Lord.